0: Section Twenty Three of Discovery and Exploration of the Mississippi Valley. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Discovery and Exploration of the Mississippi Valley by John Gilmary Shea. Section Twenty Three, Account of La Salle's Attempt to Reach the Mississippi by Sea and of the establishment of a french colony in st louis bay by father christian leclerc the first design of the sieur de la salle has been to find the long-sought passage to the pacific ocean and although the river colbert mississippi does not lead to it yet this great man had so much talent and courage that he hoped to find it if it were possible as he would have done had god spared his life the Illinois territory and vast countries around, being the centre of his discovery, he spent there the winter, summer, and beginning of autumn, 1683, in establishing his posts. He at last left M. de Tonty as commandant, and resolved to return to France to render an account of his fulfilment of the royal orders. He reached Quebec, early in November, and Rochelle, France, on the 23rd of December. His design was to go by sea to the mouth of the river Colbert, and there found powerful colonies under the good pleasure of the king. These proposals were favorably received by Monsieur de seignelay Minister and Secretary of State, and Superintendent of Commerce and Navigation in France. His Majesty accepted them, and condescended to favor the undertaking not only by new powers and commissions, which he conferred upon him, but also by the help of vessels, troops, and money, which his royal liberality furnished him the first care of the sieur de la salle after being invested with these powers was to provide for the spiritual to advance especially the glory of god in this enterprise he turned to two different bodies of missionaries in order to obtain men able to labor in the salvation of souls and lay the foundations of christianity in this savage land he accordingly applied to m Tronson, superior general of the clergyman of the seminary of saint sulpice who willingly took part in the work of god and appointed three of his ecclesiastics full of zeal, virtue, and capacity to commence these new missions. They were, M. Cavalier, brother of the Sieur de La Salle, M. Chefdeville, his relative, and M. de Mayoul, all three priests. As for nearly ten years, the recollects had endeavored to second the designs of the Sieur de La Salle for the glory of God and the sanctification of souls throughout the vast countries of Louisiana, depending on him from Fort Frontenac, and had accompanied him on his expeditions in which our father gabriel was killed he made it an essential point to take some one of our fathers to labor in concert to establish the kingdom of god in these new countries for this purpose he applied to the reverend father hyacinthe Lefebvre, who had been twice provincial of our province of st anthony in artois and was then for the second time provincial of that of st denis in france who wishing to second with all his power the pious intentions of the sieur de la salle granted him the religious he asked namely father zenobius Mambray, superior of the mission and fathers maximus leclerc and anastasius duet all three of our province of saint anthony the first having been for 4 years the inseparable companion of the sieur de la salle during his discovery on land the second had served for 5 years with great edification in canada especially in the mission of the seven islands and Anticosti. Father Denis Morgue was added as a fourth priest, but that religious, finding himself extremely sick on the third day after embarking, he was obliged to give up and return to his province. The Reverend Father Provincial had informed the Congregation De Propaganda Fide of this mission to obtain necessary authority for the exercise of our ministry. He received decrees in due form which we will place at the end of the chapter, not to interrupt the reader's attention here. His Holiness, Innocent XI, added by an express brief, authentic powers and permissions, in twenty-six articles, as the Holy See is accustomed to grant to missionaries whose remoteness makes it immorally impossible to recur to the authority of the ordinary. It was granted, against the opposition of the Bishop of Quebec, Cardinal Destre, having shown that the distance from Quebec to the mouth of the river was more than eight or nine hundred leagues by land. Footnote similar opposition compelled the first jesuits in louisiana to leave soon after their arrival with Iberville. the hopes that were then justly founded on this famous expedition induced many young gentlemen to join the sieur de la salle as volunteers he chose twelve who seemed most resolute among them the sieur de moranger and the sieur cavalier his nephews the latter only fourteen years of age the little fleet was fitted out at Rochelle, to be composed of four vessels, the Jolie, a royal ship, a frigate called the Belle, a store-ship called the Aimable, and a ketch called the St. Francis. The royal vessel was commanded by Captain de Beaujeu, a Norman gentleman known for valor and experience, and his meritorious services. His lieutenant was Monsieur le Chevalier d'Air, now captain in the Navy, and son of the Dean of the Parliament of Metz. The Sieur de Hamel, a young gentleman of brouage, full of fire and courage, was Ensign. Would to God the troops and the rest of the crew had been as well chosen. Those who were appointed, while M. de La Salle was at Paris, picked up a hundred and fifty soldiers, mere wretched beggars soliciting alms, many too deformed and unable to fire a musket. The sieur de La Salle had also given orders at Rochelle to engage three or four mechanics in each trade. The selection was, however, so bad, that when they came to the destination and they were set to work, it was seen that they knew nothing at all. Eight or ten families of very good people presented themselves and offered to go and begin the colonies. Their offer was accepted, and great advances made to them, as well as to the artisans and soldiers. All being ready, they sailed on the 24th of July, 1684 a storm which came on a few days later, obliged them to put in at Chef de Bois to repair one of their masts broken in the gale. They set sail again on the 1st of August, steering for Saint Domingo, but a second storm overtook them and dispersed them on the 14th of September, the Amable and the Belle alone remaining together, reached Petite Goave in Saint Domingo when they fortunately found the Jolie. The St. Francis, being loaded with goods and effects, and unable to follow the others, had put in at port de Paix, whence she sailed after the storm was over to join the fleet at the rendezvous. But as during the night, while quite calm, the captain and crew, thinking themselves in safety, were perfectly off their guard, they were surprised by two Spanish pariaguas, which took the catch. This was the first mishap which befell the voyage, a disaster which caused universal consternation in the party and much grief to the sieur de La Salle, who was just recovering from a dangerous malady which had brought him to the verge of the grave. They stayed indeed some time at Saint-Domingo, where they laid in provisions, a store of Indian corn, and of all kinds of domestic animals to stock the new country. Monsieur de Saint-Laurent, governor-general of the Isles, Bégon, intendant, and de Cousy, governor of Saint-Domingo, favored them in every way, and even restored the reciprocal understanding so necessary to succeed in such undertakings. But the soldiers and most of the crew, having plunged into every kind of debauchery and intemperance, so common in those parts, were so ruined, and contracted such a dangerous disorder, that some died in the island, and others never recovered. The little fleet, thus reduced to three vessels, weighed anchor, November twenty-fifth, 1684, and pursued its way quite successfully along the Cayman Isles and passing by the Isle of Peace, Pines, after anchoring there a day to take in water, reached Port San Antonio on the island of Cuba, where the three ships immediately anchored. The beauty and allurement of the spot, and its advantageous position, induced them to stay and even land. For some unknown reason the Spaniards had abandoned there several kinds of provisions, and among the rest some Spanish wine which they took, and after two days' repose, left to continue the voyage to the Gulf of Mexico. The sieur de La Salle, although very clear-headed and not easily misled, had, however, too easily believed the advice given him by some persons in San Domingo. He discovered too late that all the sailing directions given him were absolutely false. The fear of being injured by northerly winds, said to be very frequent and dangerous at the entrance of the Gulf, made them twice lie to. But the discernment and courage of the Sieur de la Salle made them try the passage a third time, and they entered happily, on the 1st of January, 1685, when Father Anastasius celebrated a solemn Mass as a thanksgiving. After which, continuing the route, they arrived in fifteen days in sight of the coast of Florida, when a violent wind forced the Jolie to stand off, the store-ship and frigate coasting along, the Sieur de la Salle being anxious to follow the shore. He had been persuaded at St. Domingo that the gulf-stream ran with incredible rapidity toward the Bahama Channel. This false advice set him entirely astray, for thinking himself much further north than he was, he not only passed Espiritu Santo Bay, Appalachi, without recognizing it, but even followed the coast far beyond the river Colbert, and would have continued to follow it had they not perceived by its turning south, and by the latitude, that they were more than forty or fifty leagues from the mouth the more so as the river, before emptying into the gulf, coasts along the shore of the gulf to the west, and as longitude is unknown to pilots, it proved that he had greatly passed his parallel lines. The vessels at last, in the middle of February, met at Espiritu Santo Bay, where there was an almost continual roadstead. They resolved to return whence they came, and advanced ten or twelve leagues to a bay which they called St. Louis Bay, St. Bernard. As provisions began to fail, the soldiers had already landed. The Sieur de la Salle explored and sounded the bay, which is a league broad, with a good bottom. He thought that it might be the right arm of the river Colbert. He brought the frigate in, without accident, on the 18th of February. The channel is deep, so deep, in fact, that even on the sandbar, which in a manner bars the entrance, there are twelve or fifteen feet of water at low tide. The sieur de La Salle, having ordered the captain of the storeship not to enter without the pilot of the frigate, in whom he put all confidence, to unload his cannon and water into the boats to lighten his cargo, and lastly to follow exactly the channel staked out, none of his orders were executed, and the faithless man, in spite of the advice given him by a sailor who was at the main-top, to keep off, drove his vessel on the shoals where he touched and stranded, and so that it was impossible to get off." La Salle was on the seashore when he saw this deplorable maneuver, and was embarking to remedy it when he saw a hundred or a hundred and twenty Indians come. He had to put all under arms, the roll of the drum put the savages to flight. He followed them, presented the calumet of peace, and conducted them to their camp, regaled them, and even made them presents. And the Sieur de La Salle gained them so that an alliance was made with them." They brought meat to the camp the following days, he bought some of their canoes, and there was every reason to expect much from this necessary union. Misfortune would have it that a bale of blanketing from the wreck was thrown on shore. Some days after a party of Indians seized it. The Sieur de La Salle ordered his men to get it out of their hands peacefully, they did just the contrary, the commander presented his musket as if about to fire, this so alarmed them that they regarded us only as enemies. Provoked to fury, they assembled on the night of the 6th and 7th of March, and finding the sentinel asleep, poured in a destructive volley of arrows. Our men ran to arms, the noise of musketry put them to flight, after they had killed on the spot the sieurs Horry and Deloge, two cadet volunteers, and dangerously wounded the sieur de Moranger, lieutenant and nephew of the sieur de La Salle, and the sieur Gayenne, a volunteer. The next day they killed two more of our men whom they found sleeping on the shore. Meanwhile the store-ship remained more than three weeks at the place of its wreck, without going to pieces, but full of water. They saved all they could in periaguas and boats when a calm allowed them to reach it. One day, Father Zenobius having passed in a boat, it was dashed to pieces against the vessel by a sudden gust of wind. All quickly got on board, but the good father, who remained last to save the rest, would have been drowned, had not a sailor thrown him a rope with which he drew himself up as he was sinking. At last, M. de Beaujeu sailed in the Jolie with all his party on the 12th of March to return to France. Footnote. Le clerk, it will be observed, is silent as to the misunderstanding between La Salle and Beaujeu, which is mentioned by others, and borne out by the letters of the latter. To him must in no small degree be ascribed the failure of La Salle's attempt. For the detail of their disagreement— See Sparks' Excellent Life of La Salle, and Jutel's Journal in Historical Collection of Louisiana. And the Sieur de La Salle, having thrown up a house with planks and pieces of timber to put his men and goods in safety, left a hundred men under the command of the Sieur de Moranger, and set out with fifty others. The Sieur Cavalier, and fathers Zenobius and Maximus, intending to seek at the extremity of the bay, the mouth of the river, and a proper place to fix his colony. The captain of the frigate had orders to sound the bay in boats, and to bring his vessel in as far as he could. He followed twelve leagues along the coast, which runs from southeast to northwest, and anchored opposite a point to which the Sieur Hurrier gave his name. He was appointed commander there, this post serving as a station between the naval camp and the one the Sieur de La Salle went on the 2nd of April to form at the extremity of the bay, two leagues up a beautiful river called Cow River from the great number of those wild animals they found there our people were attacked there by a party of indians but repulsed them on the twenty first holy saturday the sieur de la salle came to the naval camp where the next day and the three following those great festivals were celebrated with all possible solemnity each one receiving his creator the following days all the effects, and generally all that could be of service to the camp of the Sieur de La Salle, were transferred from those of the Sieurs de Moranger and Eurier which were destroyed. For a month the Sieur de La Salle made them work in cultivating the ground, but neither the grain nor the vegetables sprouted, either because they were damaged by the salt water, or because, as was afterward remarked, it was not the right season. The fort, which was built in an advantageous position, was soon in a state of defense, furnished with twelve pieces of cannon, and a magazine underground for fear of fire, in which all the effects were safely deposited. The maladies which the soldiers had contracted at St. Domingo were visibly carrying them off, and a hundred died in a few days, notwithstanding all the relief afforded by broths, preserves, treacle, and wine which were given them. On the ninth of August, 1685, three of our Frenchmen, being at the chase, which is plentiful in these parts, in all kinds of game and deer, were surrounded by several troops of armed savages, but our men, putting themselves on the defensive, first killed the chief and scalped him. This spectacle terrified and scattered the enemy, who, nevertheless, some time after, surprised and killed one of our Frenchmen on the thirteenth of october the sieur de la salle seeing himself constantly insulted by the savages and wishing moreover to have some of their canoes by force or consent as he could not do without them resolved to make open war on them in order to bring them to an advantageous peace he set out with sixty men armed with wooden corslets to protect them against arrows and arrived where they had gathered in different engagements by day and night he put some to flight wounded several killed some others were taken among the rest, some children, one of whom a girl three or four years old was baptized and died some days after, as the first fruits of this mission, and a sure conquest sent to heaven. The colonists now built houses, and formed fields by clearing the ground, the grain sowed succeeding better than the first. They crossed to the other side of the bay in canoes, and found on a large river a plentiful chase especially of cattle and turkeys. In the fort they raised all kinds of domestic animals, cows, hogs, and poultry, which multiplied greatly. Lastly, the execution done among the Indians had rendered the little colony somewhat more secure, when a new misfortune succeeded all the proceeding. The Sieur de La Salle had ordered the captain of the frigate to sound the bay carefully as he advanced, and to recall all his men on board at nightfall but this captain and six of his strongest stoutest and ablest men charmed with the agreeableness of the season and the beauty of the country left their canoe and arms on the sand at low water and advanced a gunshot on the plain to be dry here they fell asleep and an indian party espying them surprised them aided by their sleep and the darkness massacred them cruelly and destroyed their arms and canoe this tragical adventure produced the greatest consternation in the camp after rendering the last honors to the murdered men, the Sieur de La Salle, leaving provisions for six months, set out with twenty men and his brother, the Sieur Cavalier, to seek the mouth of the river Mississippi by land. The bay, which he discovered to be in latitude 27 degrees 45 minutes north, is the outlet of a great number of rivers, none of which, however, seemed large enough to be an arm of the river Colbert. The Sieur de La Salle explored them, in hope that a part of these rivers was formed further up by one of the branches of the said river, or at least that by traversing the country to some distance he would make out the course of the Mississippi. He was longer absent than he had expected, being compelled to make rafts to cross the rivers and to entrench himself every night to protect himself against attacks. The continual rains, too, formed ravines and destroyed the roads. At last, on the 13th of February, 1686, he thought that he had found the river, he fortified himself there, left a part of his men, and with nine others continued to explore a most beautiful country, traversing a number of villages and nations who treated him very kindly. At last, returning to find his people, he arrived at the general camp on the 31st of May, charmed with the beauty and fertility of the fields, the incredible quantity of game of every kind, and the numerous tribes he had met on the way. The Almighty was preparing him a still more sensible trial than the preceding, in the loss of the frigate, his only remaining vessel, in which he hoped to coast along and then pass to St. Domingo, to send news to France, and obtain new succor. This sad accident happened from want of precaution on the part of the pilot. All the goods were lost irrecoverably. The vessel struck on the shore, the sailors were drowned. The sieur de Chef de Ville, the captain, and four others, with difficulty, escaped in a canoe which they found almost miraculously on the shore. They lost thirty-six barrels of flour, a quantity of wine, the trunks, clothes, linen, equipage, and most of the tools. We leave the reader to imagine the grief and affliction felt by the sieur de La Salle at an accident which completely ruined all his measures his great courage even could not have borne him up had not god aided his virtue by the help of extraordinary grace all these measures being thus disconcerted and his affairs brought to extremes he resolved to try to reach canada by land he returned some time after and undertook a second in which he lost his life by the cruelty of his men some of whom remaining faithful continued their route and reached france among the rest father anastasius Douet. Although the detail of his remarks was lost in his many wrecks, the following is an abridgment of what he could gather from them, with which perhaps the reader will be better pleased than if I gave it in my own style. End of section 23